This message was presented at the GYC to the end in Houston, Texas. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org. Hello. Can we start with a word of prayer, please? Loving Heavenly Father, once more we want to give you thanks for giving us the opportunity to meet together and to think about, to contemplate, and even to plan to execute some new ideas and maybe just reconfirm some old ones. We pray that you will guide us in this session so that what we say and what we do will bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name. Okay. We're going to be talking about the 21st century medical missionary. Everything, of course, uh, we're doing is filtered by our view of the time in which we live and in anticipation of that glorious second coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. So, it's with this in mind we're going to be talking about the 21st century medical missionary. Well, what would it take to be a 21st century medical missionary? What would it take? This is what we're going to be dealing with. Well, first, we need to see that God sees you and me in a very peculiar way, not necessarily the way that we see ourselves, and especially if we're critical of ourselves, we, we don't see ourselves this way. But here, here's a list of things. He sees us as a new creation in him, Second Corinthians 5.17. He sees us as reconciled in Christ, ambassadors of reconciliation, Second Corinthians 5.18 and 19. He sees us as more than victors, more than conquerors, Romans 8.37. He sees me and he sees you as having a heavenly calling, Hebrews 3.1. He sees you and me as redesigned for good works. You see that? Good works. Uh, Ephesians 2.10. He sees that you and I have been born again by the Holy Spirit, saved by grace, which is a gift, not by my performance, and you aren't saved by your performance. Ephesians 2.8. He sees us as beams and, uh, of light and joy. Sorry, he sees that beams of light and joy bathe me and bathe you. Psalm uh, 97, 11. He sees us as vessels of divine light, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, as radiators and reflectors of light wherever we go, Matthew 5, 14, as co-heirs with Christ, Romans 8, 17, as the salt of the earth, uh, Matthew 5, 13, chosen and called by God to produce fruit, John 15, 16. And he sees us, as we were talking about in earlier sessions, as fishers, of men and women. How about that? So I should say, hello, fishers of men and women. Some of you weren't here earlier, so you don't, you, you, you don't respond to it, but it's okay. We'll warm up, all right? Okay, so what is a medical missionary? I would like you to do something. Uh, if you haven't been here before, uh, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We, we, we work here with partners, either twos or threes. So this event, this activity is going to be a partner event. You're going to turn to your partner and you're going to define what a medical missionary is. Okay? So go ahead. trying to hear. I'm eavesdropping. Entering using the metaphor Well, this has caused uh, quite a stir. 
You have a partner? Okay. All right. All right. How many of you found that easy to define? I see a few hands. I, I, don't, see, I don't see a torrent of hands going up. No. A, a few hands. Good. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so would someone, would someone like to share what, uh, what your partner told you? <laughs> or what you told your partner? Okay. When you finish, we have someone in front. Okay, go ahead. A person who loves Jesus, uh-huh. who wants to share um, three angels' message, uh-huh. um, and uses uh, um, healing as a stepping stone to help physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, economically, but the main target is to preach Jesus. Okay. We just heard that, uh, that rousing definition. We have two other candidates up here. He's coming with the mic. Thank you. So Amber was saying that it's more about uh, holistic health. Holistic health. Uh-huh. And uh, someone willing to sacrifice their own time and effort um, to help others. All right. Thank you very much for that contribution. We have, we have one here. She had her hands up. And then we have back here. It was actually kind of hard to define because there are so many ways to define a medical missionary. Uh-huh. Um, a medical missionary is someone who brings healing as much as they can with God's help to not only the physical, but spiritual and mental and as much as possible. Even the term medical missionary doesn't do it justice because a medical missionary, someone who does that, is, tr- is s- serving and helping the entire person as a whole uh-huh. and leading them to Jesus, basically being one of God's tools to help help God recreate humans as they were designed to be in the very beginning. Ah, so we're we're, we're God's helpers. Okay. Um, A medical missionary is someone who uses um, the principles found in physiology and hygiene uh-huh. Um, and combines them to naturally heal <laughs> those that are sick uh-huh. and then using that as an entering wedge, meeting whoever you meet, where they're at uh, physically, and then helping to bring them back to health by the grace of God and using the principles that are taught to us by him using physiology and hygiene and bringing them to a knowledge of the love of God that will compel them to want to serve him, too. All right. Now, it's getting kind of complex, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We have one more, and then we'll move on. Um, um, I'll try to be brief. Okay, medical missionary. It's, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's somebody who understands or who have uh, found Jesus uh-huh. and who is living the life that Jesus expects him to do to live and pass it on to everybody so that they may be saved. Okay. Now, if we combine all of that, I guess we can write a book. (laughs) Now, you know, in today's day, we don't leave things to chance. If I were to ask you to define nuclear physics, and you don't know anything about nuclear physics, what would you do? You'll research it. Where Where would you go to research it? Google, okay, so now, here's the thing. I want you to look up on the internet, (laughs) Safari, Bing, and Google, type in medical missionary and see what happens, okay? 
I figured you guys were Googlers. This is one way to keep the room quiet. <laughs> so I, I assume that most of you are looking on Google. Some of you may have Safari if you have a, uh, an iPhone or something, look up Safari. And some others may be using Bing. Uh, you can look that up and see how they, how they pan out. Okay, what's at the top of the list? What do you have? Medical missions. What is that? For what? Christian missionary. Okay, so a, a medical missionary is a Christian missionary. Anybody? Ha- what, what did you say? Travel to a foreign country to administer medical treatment. What does yours say? Okay, administration of medical treatment. Yes. Ways to serve other people. Okay, so we're not getting the same set of answers, are we? You know, one of the things that. that uh, that we need to be aware of is that we use terms as Seventh-day Adventists that are Seventh-day Adventist terms, okay? And we more or less understand what each other means when we use those terms, more or less understand. If somebody is new to the church, for instance, they have to navigate through because they'll hear some things and they don't know exactly what it is and they may not be too, they might be a little bit scared to ask the question, so they'll find somebody who family might say, you know, that means such and such. Like uh, when I first became a Seventh-day Adventist, I was already a Christian, uh, and I would see things written SOP. 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 Now, I thought I was a smart guy, but I didn't know what SOP meant, (laughs) right? It meant spirit of prophecy, but I didn't know that, Okay. And uh, it, I, I, had to, I had to learn that, okay? So then I would ask people, so what's the spirit of prophecy? And then they would dance around. And finally somebody says, well, well Ellen White is the spirit of prophecy. Oh, Ellen White is a spirit. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is, Terms have different meanings to different people. And when we talk about medical missionary and medical missionary work, it may not mean the same to the public as it means to us. Okay? Additionally, the way Ellen White used the term medical missionary, sometimes it meant different things depending on the context. So let's take a look at, at some, of, some of that. See, So she used the term medical missionary, and back in those days, uh, the idea was this, this person okay, was involved in uh, medical missionary work. And, okay, well, medical missionary work, in those days, it could either be a specific thing like physicians, or it could be a general thing like what we would call today health workers. And she told every member being a medical missionary, right? Now, she didn't mean that every member had to become a physician, obviously, Right? So when she's talking about medical missionary work, you have to pay attention to what the context is, who is she, which is the public that she's actually addressing, and what she's talking about to, to mean different things. So uh, we're going to keep that in mind, because when we see some of the quotes, we need to know what she's, what she's talking about. Listen, uh, Christ's religion. Following the example of the teacher, the sympathy between man and his fellow man is to be the sign distinguishing those who love and fear God from those who are unmindful of his law. How great the sympathy that Christ expressed in coming to this world to give his life a sacrifice for a dying world. 
his religion led to the doing of genuine medical missionary work. So Christ is a medical missionary, and she defines what medical missionary work is by the context in what she's saying. Sympathy between man and his fellow man. That we actually pay attention to what the suffering is and the, and the pain and the hurt and the, the ailments of our fellow men. This defines us as people who love and fear God and distinguishes us from those who are unmindful of His law. When we do this, we are following in the religion of Jesus Christ. Genuine medical missionary work. Okay. Henceforth, medical missionary work is to be carried forward with an earnestness with which it has never yet been carried. What is she talking about, this medical missionary work? Our love for our fellow man. Our concern for our fellow human beings. The whole person. That's medical missionary work. Carried forth with earnestness with which it has never yet been carried. This work is the door through which the truth is to find entrance to the large cities. Now, you know, most of the people in the world live in large cities. Do you know that? Yes. Okay. Yes. One person knows that. (laughs) And yet, we have shied away from city work. So we we have initiatives now of mission to the cities, of being able to go into the cities because that's where the people are. You remember the quote of Christ's method? Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people, right? He mingled with men as one who, who desired their good. You know, I've asked people in different countries to translate uh, that statement. And oftentimes they get tripped up right here in this little point. He mingled with men as one who desired their good. You see, I have found that many people actually think that Christ mingled with people as if he desired their good. Not because he desired their good. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Christ didn't do it as a means with which he's going to manipulate the system and then he's going to do something. No, no. He actually desires our good. Isn't that something? Isn't that amazing? So when we, when we make too much of a hook between medical missionary work and the dunking of somebody into the baptismal pool, be very careful. Let me give you a story. This is... Uh, This happened with some people that I know very well. My parents, they were attending a church. They they are not Seventh-day Adventists. Actually, it's a sad story, but uh, I'll tell you anyway. They are not Seventh-day Adventists, and they were attending a a church uh, and enjoying it every Sabbath. They were were keeping the Sabbath and and whatnot. My my parents were... My father is still alive. My mother uh, passed away a few years ago. My dad is 97 years of age. Um... And at that time, they were keeping Sabbath and, and whatnot, and they were attending this church. And, uh, and they were befriended by people, and they thought that these were genuine friends. Until one day, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the ladies said, well, you know, it's about time that we start thinking about baptism. And my dad said, well, I don't think I need to be baptized again. I was, uh, I was sprinkled as a child, but then... When I accepted Christ, I uh, was baptized by immersion. And she said, you're not going to be baptized? He says, no, I don't think I need to be baptized again. That was the last they saw of this woman. The last they saw of her. He called her up. And she said, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, there are other people who need my attention. If you're not going to be baptized, then be very careful when you make too much of a link between putting somebody in the water and what we're doing with them. 
Now, how many of you don't want somebody to be baptized? Okay, I don't see any hands being raised. No, I don't want anybody not to be baptized either, right? My desire is for them to join the body of Christ, right? Yours too. But if we make that a condition on which we are, whether we're going to minister to them or not minister to them, we have a problem. Okay? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He sends the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Okay? Christ loves us. Period. Amen? Period. And we should love people. Period. Right? We do good for them, not just to think, okay, so they're going to they're going to join us. No, we do good for them because they need it. <laughs> right? True medical missionary work has a heart of, of benevolence, of beneficence. We'll do good for others because that is who we are in Christ Jesus. Okay? So going to the large cities, yeah, we should, we should be... Uh, interested in doing that. Every gospel worker should feel that the giving of instruction in the principles of healthful living, so now we're getting into, into healthful living, is part of his appointed work. Of this work, there is a great need and the world is open for it. Do you think the world is open for living healthily? More than ever. I mean, just every newspaper, Every magazine on the internet, left, right, and center, there are all kinds of health stuff uh, coming out, right? And there are lots of voices out there with a lot of, uh, of myths and a lot of uh, you know, bad information and misinformation. And in the midst of that, we have some good information, right? But there's a great need out there. Let our ministers who have gained an experience in preaching the word learn how to give simple treatments and then labor intelligently as medical missionary evangelists. She's not saying that all of our ministers need to go to medical school. She's saying they need to learn the principles of basic, healthful living, simple treatments for people and then utilize it, not only for themselves, but for others. Make sense? Okay. Canvassers, oh, so now we have literature evangelists, should be able to give instruction in regard to the treatment of the sick. They should learn the simple methods of hygienic treatment. So, so we're talking about hygienic treatments. Simple things that we can do, that we do at home, that we do with our, with our families, with our loved ones. People that we love, we can tell them, we can give them uh, uh, instruction on, on how to do things. Right? But now, you know, these things, these uh, health principles, these are tools. Okay? And they're pretty powerful tools. So, I know that a screwdriver and a hammer and some nails and some screws, these are good things for doing some carpentry. So if you give these tools, these things, to a carpenter, a skilled carpenter, and you, you say, okay, I'm going to give you these things. Uh, this is uh, my living room. I'll be going away for a week, and when I come back, let's see what you can do with these tools, Right? Well, if it's a skilled carpenter, I, I'm sure by the time you come back home, you're going to have things fixed that uh, were just not quite right before, and you might have some new things that are uh, put together, because that's what, that's what a skilled carpenter will do with these tools. But now, if you gave it to a four-year-old, and you say, I'll be gone for a couple of hours, see what you can do with the tools that I gave you, what do you think will happen by the time you come back? <laughs> Right? The same tools, but in the wrong hands. Okay? You know, this is part of what we're facing around the world. Sometimes we have well-intentioned people, like the four-year-old, well-intentioned individuals, who get some tools, and then they start using it inadvisably. They start doing bad things with good things. Right? I, I am sure that none of you here would be uh, would give countenance to that, right? So, be aware. This, thus, this work may be uh, work as medical missionaries, that is, the canvassers as medical missionaries, ministering to the souls and the bodies of the suffering. See, that's the definition there. 
That's a definition. Ministering to the souls and the bodies of the suffering. This work should now be going forward in all parts of the world. Thus, multitudes might be blessed by the, player, by the prayers and instruction of God's servants. As the canvasser goes from place to place, he or she will find uh, many who are sick. He should have a practical knowledge of the causes of disease and should understand how to give simple treatments that he may relieve the suffering ones. Okay? So, Ellen White recognized, this was in 1900, that that term, medical missionary work, was causing some confusion. Because it was confusing between the doctors, who were medical people, and the non-physicians, who were going to be medical missionary workers. So here's what she said. The medical missionary work might better be named the missionary health restoration work. But there is a problem when we start changing these terms, and there's a problem that some people say, you know, well, she said medical missionary, so I'm a medical missionary. The fact that when you Google it, you find that this is somebody who's a physician who's doing, (laughs) that's beside the point. She says medical missionary, so I'm a medical missionary. I want us to be careful, because she also said the work should be called medical, uh, sorry, missionary health restoration work. But you see, that doesn't have the same ring to it. You know, it, it, it flows off the, off the tongue and off the lips very nicely. I'm a medical missionary. Doesn't that sound nice? Can you say that? I'm a medical missionary. You see, that? it sounds good. It fits you, too. <laughs> and you know what? You should be a medical missionary in the sense of what she was saying. Okay? Every member a medical missionary. But you know, in some parts of the world, people who have a little bit of medical missionary training call themselves doctors and they don't have a license and that causes a problem. First of all, it's a lie. And second of all, they don't have the knowledge and the skill to be able to take care of people. Another issue is the taking of responsibility. You know, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. Uh, people who go through uh, formal training, with all of the you know, good and bad of, of, of formal training, uh, we have to learn how to take responsibility for our actions. So when a, a licensed healthcare practitioner gives advice to a patient, that healthcare practitioner takes responsibility for what he or she is saying. But when a lay medical missionary gives advice to a person, first of all, it can't be the patient, because if you're not licensed, you can't have a patient, right? I guess if you're charging, you can have a client, okay? But when you give advice and something goes wrong, who takes the responsibility? Well, the person who, who did the action. They take the responsibility. You see, the, 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 the medical missionary, the lay medical missionary, doesn't take the responsibility. They don't. <laughs> right? It's not even part of, of, of how they think. And therefore, that can produce a problem. Uh, not just in the United States and Canada. and you know, in, in, Now this is happening in Africa, in in Russia, in, uh, in Korea, we're having some, some issues with this. And I just bring it to your attention. Be careful how we, how we uh, portray ourselves and what we're saying. But medical, so missionary health restoration work. I'm a missionary health restorer. Uh, it, it doesn't quite fit as nicely as a medical missionary, right? Uh, the General Conference some years ago came up with the, uh, with the term comprehensive health ministry. But it didn't come up with a parallel to comprehensive health minister. Because that's kind of cumbersome. So we're looking, we're looking, and the different divisions are working to find words and terms that are suitable in their areas. In the Inter-American Division, they're using the term health promoter. Because... Uh, as of now, that term is not a licensed term, 
right? It's not a specific term. So they're still using it as health promoter, promotores de salud, for those of you who speak Spanish. Uh, the French have a difficult time translating comprehensive health ministry because it, it just doesn't translate very well. So we, we understand that there are some issues with this, and so people still use the term medical missionary, but be, be, be aware that we should have some cautions uh, with, with that term, and we should, we should move away from using that term in the general public, even if uh, we still use it in, in the way that we communicate with each other. God's people are to be genuine medical missionaries. They are to learn to minister to the needs of the body, of the soul, and the body. Okay? Physician Christians. Okay? This is uh, something that we talked about in an earlier session. Notice I didn't say Christian physicians. I said physician Christians. Okay? The noun is Christian. That's what they are. Physician is a way of describing what they do. Okay? Physician Christians have a different understanding of time. Did you know that? Physician Christians see life is everlasting. Right? So, what we are dealing with here with a person, right, is the portal to eternity. Next, a different concept of reality. There's a spiritual world as well as a physical world. That's what physician Christians see. What else? A different concept of value. To be with God is better than anything and everything. Because of these understandings, Christian doctors have a different mission in life from those who do not know Christ. So there is a way of, di of, of differentiating between uh, uh, physicians who are medical missionaries from physicians who are not medical missionaries. Different concepts. Physician Christians also and other healthcare workers and lay medical missionaries. Comprehensive health ministers, people. Understand that where we live, where we learn, where we work, and where we play have more to do with our health than going to the doctor. <laughs> the evidence is so clear, right? For instance, where you live, you may not have access to fresh vegetables and fruits. And this is going to affect your, your dietary situation. You may not have access to green spaces, so it's going to affect your recreation. You may not have freedom to walk and play during the day, so you're not going to get sunshine. <laughs> your income level. If you, in the United States, there's a three times mortality, of, uh, mortality rate of dying before age 65 if you are in the lower socioeconomic group. Three times the risk of dying, premature death before the age of 65. Education level, those who uh, have not completed high school, 2.5 times the mortality before age 65 of those who have completed high school and have a degree. Are you hearing this? In some states, the county of residence and the zip code can lead to a 13-year difference in longevity. You live in one part of the, of the town with this zip code, you die 13 years before people who live in that part of town. And, and why is it? You think it's something in the air or something in the, in the environment alone? It's a complex social system that has to do with Finances, socioeconomics, race, it has, it has all these things mixed in. You had a, you had a comment? Well, I was just going to say that I've heard and I've even noticed that some of my friends who live closer to the airport or radio towers, they have more health problems because they don't have access to that Yes, I mean, we've, we've looked at all these things, industrialization and whatnot. There's a big study that was done in Canada uh, relating to industrial waste and, and the people who live close to the industrialized uh, areas with the, with the smoke and the steam and the exhaust and all those things. These people <laughs> were dropping dead. They had problems with pregnancies. They had all kinds of health problems just associated with where they were living. Right? And the people who lived there were the poorer people. You get the idea? So it's, it's a complex uh, set of things. Racial inequities or master status effect. This, this affects what happens? Residents 
determines which school you're going to go to. Which school you're going to go to will determine how likely you are to get quality higher education. It will affect whether you're going to get a job that's high paying and therefore how much money you're going to get. And that then determines where you can live. So where you live actually is going to determine later on where you will live. Did you get that? Yeah. And it will also determine your access to resources to deal with life's challenges. So the physician Christian and the medical missionary understands all of these things. This person isn't willing just to say, you know you should make better choices and everything will be all right. No. These individuals understand that it's a complex system. And in order to help people, we actually have to help all of them. (laughs) The whole them. The whole family. Sometimes even the whole community. So, some tips for staying healthy. Lifestyle approach. Don't smoke. If you do, stop. If you don't, don't start. We know that, right? Eat a balanced diet, whole foods, fruits and vegetables. Keep physically active. If you drink, do so in moderation or stop altogether. You know, this do so in moderation, this is what the the research uh, has been saying. But let me tell you, the current research shows that there is no safe level of alcohol intake. No safe level. So the best approach is zero. Okay? Avoid excessive sun and protect your children. Practice safe sex. That's what they say. Participate in appropriate health screenings. Drive defensively. Don't drink and drive. Manage your stress. Practice physical, mental, and dental hygiene. And maintain social ties. This is the lifestyle approach that is uh, touted in society today. And it sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Doesn't it? But the 21st century medical missionary understands a little bit more. You see, we understand that they are social determinants. Now, this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but but, uh, get the meaning, all right? So here's the thing. First, don't be poor. If you can, stop. If you can't, try not to be poor for too long. (laughs) Next, don't have poor parents. Choose your parents wisely. Next, don't live in a poor neighborhood. This is bad for your health. Next, own a car, but use it only for weekends and walk to work. Five, practice not losing your job and don't become unemployed. This is, this is a, a major determinant of illness. Somebody loses their job. They don't get a job for a little while. They lose the insurance. They lose da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's a, it's a, it's a cascading effect, Right? How about this one? Don't be illiterate. Read carefully. (laughs) Don't be illiterate. Why? People who are illiterate don't get high-paying jobs. That's how it is. They don't get jobs. They have difficulties navigating uh, in society. Avoid social isolation. How are you going to do that? Don't accumulate ACE points. Now, ACE is the uh, adverse childhood uh, experiences, adverse childhood events. That is, don't, be, don't have parents who neglect you. Don't have parents who abuse you. Don't have parents who have violence in the home. Don't have somebody in your home who has a mental illness. Don't have somebody in your home or somebody who is close to your family become incarcerated. Why? Because the more of these things that happen, the more likely you are to be sick, not just physically. The more likely you are to be obese, the more likely you are to have high blood pressure, the more likely you are to get diabetes, the more likely you are to smoke, the more likely you are to use medications as drugs, the more likely you are to use illicit drugs, the more likely you are to get chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, even if you smoke just a little bit, the more likely you are... (laughs) All of this because of what happened between 0 and 18 in the way you were parented. Do you think the kids decide to do this? No? So don't have your parents get divorced or, you know, just don't let that happen, right? And try not to be part of a socially marginalized group. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's not good for your health either. You see, the 21st century medical missionary understands that there are personal issues and there are societal issues that affect our health. The 21st century medical missionary is conscious that there are sometimes just no quick fixes. But that what we need to do is to surround individuals with a loving, caring environment and inject into their, their ecosystem things that they did not have before. Oftentimes, it's a vitamin, not a physical vitamin, but an emotional vitamin that we call love, that somebody actually cares about them and cares about what's going on with them. Consider these things. Most of us are weak in faith. We should be strong. Daniel and his three friends, Abraham and the woman with the issue of blood, all had strong faith and got great outcomes. Paul, John the Baptist, and Jesus had strong faith and had outcomes that don't look so good, humanly speaking. God put the power in the natural remedies. The question is, where does the power to heal with extracts of those herbs come from? Where did that power come from? God. God is the one behind all of this, right? Who created our physiology and our ability to have uh, to have to study it? There is no safe level of alcohol to be ingested. The first thing to go under the influence of alcohol is your judgment. So we understand this. The, the, the 21st century medical missionary is not anti-science, but uses good science okay, for the benefit of people. Cigarette smoking has no redeeming qualities whatsoever. But being sedentary is a greater risk to health than smoking cigarettes. Did you know that? Don't get quiet on me. Caffeine is a stimulant. Coffee and tea are stimulants and therefore are psychoactive agents. They should not be used as beverages. Okay? 21st century medical missionaries understand that we have symptoms and we have underlying causes of disease. And we can look at the symptoms, but there are things that are going on below the surface that are more potent and more powerful and more determinant of what's going to happen to that person physically, mentally, and socially than some of the things that we can see on the top. So we have the states of health that are measurable, and then we have contributory factors, lifestyle factors, uh, socio-cultural uh, and uh, psychological factors, and then we have population things, things about where you live, what your government does, whether the place that you live is a war-torn area what the political situation is. All of these things affect what's happening. And the individual's values and attitudes and beliefs and resources and skills and knowledge. But these things are things that oftentimes we can influence. But not in the same way in the doctor's office, <laughs> you see. The things that we influence in other realms of the person's life. We have this, uh, this way of looking at things. Here, here is... Uh, some of the individual things, the age, the gender, uh, the constitutional factors, the genetics of the person, if you will. Then we have individual lifestyle factors that affect the health. Then we have social and community networks that affect the health. Then we have issues like agriculture and food production, education, work environment, living and work conditions, unemployment, water and sanitation, healthcare services. All of these things affect whether or not this person is going to be healthy. And then we have the general socioeconomic, cultural, and environmental conditions that prevail where that person lives. And you might say, well, you know, the, the 21st century medical missionary, that, that person has to be a giant. No. We just have to be able to take into account these factors and not just think, you know what, you need to be a vegetarian and that's it. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, being a vegetarian is a good thing. But it isn't everything. So let's take a look at this and see what happens when the 21st century medical missionary 
approaches someone and invites that person to join a body of believers, a body of fishers, a body of medical missionaries, here's what we can do. First of all, we introduce them to a spiritual dimension and we help them with a biblical worldview and we introduce them to something that is very necessary. It's called truth. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and what? The truth will set you free. What else? We help them to create a new community, a new family. Our churches cannot be hostile environments. I'm sorry. That, that's, that's contrary to God's will. We should be the lovingest, if that's a word, people on the planet. <laughs> if anybody feels outcast, they should look up, where's the closest Seventh-day Adventist church? And they should be able to find love and acceptance and forgiveness. They should be able to find a home. The individual lifestyle. You know what? We, we have been given gems. We've been given pearls to be able to help people to improve their lifestyle. Isn't that something? Amen? Amen. Yeah. Okay. So when we, when we actually invite somebody into our community, into our midst, when we befriend them, <laughs> we're opening up to them a whole, a whole new life. We affect their age. Did you know that? Do you know you can grow younger? Yes, we have something called the physiologic age and we have something called the chronological age. When you practice certain lifestyle habits, your physiologic age actually gets lower. You lower your age. So here we are. We are helping people to become younger. Isn't that great? Amen. Okay. So we're affecting a serious issue, the age. Right? Okay, what else? We affect the education. Did you know that in one generation of someone becoming a Seventh-day Adventist, their school, uh, their, their formal education, goes up from pre-high school to college education. That's why we have to look. We have to look very carefully at how we, uh, how, how we approach things. You know, the elementary schools and the, and the academies and, and the colleges, we have, they should be accessible to people. Because that is what has produced an enormous uh, amount of success and health in our church education. What else? Agriculture and food production. Yeah, you know what? We actually, we actually should be helping people to grow their food. Even if you live in a city, you can have a box. Come on now. You can have a box to grow some, some herbs and, and some tomatoes. and Amen. How many of you have that in your home? Okay, all right. We're in a good group here. All right. What else? Unemployment. You know, <laughs> listen, if you are a Seventh-day Adventist business owner and there is a brother or sister in the church without a job, oh, come on. We were talking about that this morning. Come on. Make a job for that person. Wouldn't you like somebody to do that for you? Didn't we have the golden rule? Isn't that what Jesus taught? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Isn't that right? On this hangs the law and the prophets. Do to others. And ultimately... Christ's method. Christ's method alone is what will bring true success. The, 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 the 21st century medical missionary understands that this is not a formula. It's actually a way of living. 
We mingle with others. We mingle with people because we desire their good. We see their needs, and to the extent that's humanly possible, we attend to them. Does that sound good? Yeah. We sympathize with them. We have compassion. We're not judgmental. And then, along this course of activities, that person will have a transformational encounter with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And he will say, follow me. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for giving to this church so many tools in our toolbox. I pray that we will learn how to use them appropriately, how to, how to live out your life in us, how to be your hands and your feet and your eyes and your ears. How on Sabbath, not just to pray that the hungry will get fed, but to go and feed them. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will not leave us alone in this, but will agitate us until we move out of our comfort zones and we follow you all the way to the end. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. This message was recorded at the GYC to the end in Houston, Texas. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.